What's up, guys? Welcome back to Sit Down with Sid. This is episode number 23. Our guest today is an author and a journalist who writes on a variety of topics related to the life sciences sector. Apart from interviewing high-profile professionalists, he has written numerous exclusive print and digital articles on a variety of subjects related to science and business. He was the recipient of Cyber Media's Person of the Year Award, Speciality Media Group category for journalism successively in 2010 and 2011. He's passionate about storytelling and keen on writing about human life and its journeys in multiple contexts. Without any further ado, all the way from New Delhi, India, let's welcome Rahul Call. Hi, Rahul. How is it going? Thank you, Sid. Uh, pleasure to be here today. And, uh, uh, you know, for your audience, uh, again, I repeat, my name is Rahul Call. <laughs> And as you have uh, already introduced me, you know, I've been a journalist for the last uh, 15, 16 years now and uh, tracking, uh, of course, not the political journalists, uh, you know, which is the flavor of the season. Uh, so I'm a life sciences journalist tracking uh, this sector. And uh, also uh, I'm a chief editor at uh, BioVoice, uh, which is a leading uh, digital news media platform for life sciences sector again, and uh, also a consulting editor at uh, Indian Chemical News, uh, which is a you know, again, a leading uh, digital media news platform for uh, chemicals, petrochemicals, uh, energy, and pharma sector. Uh, and uh, my educational qualifications are, uh, uh, I'm, I have a master's degree in biotechnology from University of Pune, and uh, followed by a journalism uh, degree also from Madurai Kamaraj University, again in India. And uh, also a certificate in human rights from uh, IGNO, which is an open university. And uh, apart from that, I also hold uh, 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 you know, master's uh, degree in business administration from Symbiosis uh, Center for Distance Learning, uh, you know, Pune, which is a very reputed industry. And uh, as you said, in my entire, uh, you know, journalism career, uh, uh, the moment of pride has been, of course, when I received this, uh, you know, Person of the Year uh, Award, uh, uh, you know, in 2009 and 2010, uh, you know, successively. And uh, it was really a great moment of pride uh, uh, because I was awarded by Cyber Media, which is Asia's biggest uh, specialty media, you know, company. And uh, apart from that, of course, the journalism, uh, you know, uh, profession gives you a lot of opportunities to travel uh, across the world. And of course, I was lucky to uh, travel to places like Japan, uh, Spain, uh, you know, uh, my neighboring countries such as Nepal, uh, you know, and also Hong Kong uh, and so many other countries, you know, and uh, which gave me very really fresh perspectives and a lot of varied experiences. And as a journalist who has been tracking uh, life sciences sector, I have uh, uh, been, you know, lucky to meet uh, big personalities, interviewed them, you know, wrote a uh, lot of these stories, uh, uh, particularly on, you know, life sciences uh, aspects. So it has been, of course, you know, a great deal of experience in the last uh, 16 years for me also. And, uh, and uh, you know, I have also uh, transformed myself and graduated, I would say, to an author last year in 2020. And uh, despite these trying uh, times of uh, Corona, uh, I have successfully published my book, uh, which is uh, known as Threads of Frozen Destiny, uh, available so, Rahul, on uh, Amazon. Yeah, before we go into the book, uh, I just want you to uh, ask a couple of things. Number one is like, why did you choose journalism and biotechnology as your career path? Sure, sure, sure. You know, uh, Sid, uh, you know, journalism, of course, was my uh, first uh, Choice of career uh, from the very beginning. Uh, as a child, I was quite, you know, aware that this is something I wanted to do. But uh, then, as you say, you know, 
that uh, then PE pressure and uh, a lot of other factors which come in, you know, and uh, you don't get to decide what exactly you want to do. And um, uh, that was the case in my life as well. Uh, you know, I, as a child, uh, when uh, other children used to run away, you know, and uh, uh, play, uh, play a lot of sports and all, I used to, uh, you know, sit in a corner reading books which were uh, ahead of my age, you know. I remember uh, uh, sitting in my cousin's place and reading uh, uh, The Untouchable, you know, by Mr. Mulk Raj Anand. He was a great uh, author. And also, uh, Far From Madding Crowd, uh, written by uh, Thomas Hardy. And that was all in ninth uh, standard, you know, when these books were, of course, you know, behind my age. And uh, of course, I might have not understood everything what was written in the books, but uh, uh, it used to give me a lot of pleasure, you know, to, to experience what exactly was happening with those characters defined in the book. So I would say that, you know, I used to really enjoy uh, reading the literature and uh, read, you know, politics, history. Uh, and uh, from the very beginning, this, these, these things used to interest me a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I was again a student of uh, uh, biology, and which was quite uh, different from uh, you know English literature. Uh, yeah. So so I quite enjoyed this also, and uh, and uh, you know in the later part of my life uh, when I had to choose between the two, uh, you know the literature and the biology, I had to choose the later, and I went to University of Pune to do my masters in uh, biotechnology, mm -hmm. and uh, of course uh, then there was uh, another you know. A bit of, uh, I mean, I was in dilemma because I had to uh, either go for the higher research, finish my PhD, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, possibly move to, you know, some abroad uh, uh, country, you know, overseas. And then uh, I did not do that. Uh, you know, being a rebel, I thought of choosing entirely a different career that was uh, marketing. You know, which was sort of abhorred uh, those mm -hmm. days. You know, nobody used to like do uh, like to do marketing. You know, and uh, I chose it, uh, and it gave me an opportunity to travel. Far and wide within India, you know, I traveled to southern India, I traveled to the western part of India, Maharashtra, you know, and uh, I quite enjoyed it. And uh, uh, finally, I went into uh, market research uh, mm -hmm. in the same domain, uh, in the mm -hmm. life sciences domain. And uh, but journalism was something which was always there in my mind, and uh, I always uh, tried to find an opportunity, you know, whenever uh, uh, possible. Uh, but somehow I couldn't find that opportunity, you know, and, uh, and but only in 2009, I uh, realized my, uh, you know, uh, dream of uh, being a journalist. Uh, I uh, got an opportunity in India's uh, leading uh, biotechnology print magazine, uh, which is known as Biospectrum. Mm -hmm. And uh, I shifted to New Delhi, you know, from Pune, where I was based at that time. Okay. And uh, I really, you know, started living my dream. Uh, which continues to happen since last uh, 12, 13 years now. And uh, it's a dream which continues uh, to happen, uh, you know, in my life every day. And uh, uh, I plan to live it as soon as I can. And uh, until the time I don't decide that I have to move on. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So so now I also want to talk about uh, you are an author as well. You came up, you launched your first book, which is known as Shreds of Frozen Destiny. So now, uh, what inspired you to write this book before we kind of go into what this book is about? Uh, tell our audience, you know, what was the inspiration behind uh, writing this book? Uh, so as I said, you know, right from uh, childhood, I had this habit of, uh, you know, reading books. Uh, right. But then I also had this habit of, uh, you know, uh, scribbling down everything, my experiences, you know, 
whatever i would experience at school uh, whatever i would experience you know within the personal life uh, mm-hmm. i recall dairy uh, you know uh, where i used to scribble down these uh, smaller you know experiences and all that and uh, and then uh, you know i started uh, uh, writing it regularly you know uh, i started with some small hobby and uh, then i started you know writing it and it continued till college and finally to university and uh, and in the university i realized that you know that i have this habit of telling these stories and uh, mm-hmm. i should do you know consider doing something uh, sure. uh, as an author also and uh, and it was in the university of pune's uh, boys hostel you know where i wrote the first page uh, i would say uh, more than uh, more than you know uh, 18 years back and it was uh, oh, wow. uh, something that uh, you know and uh, it was something that which did not happen uh, you know uh, i mean uh, i would say uh, instantly you know it happened from the childhood but matured till university and uh, uh, but it took another uh, 18 years to finally translate it into a book you know which happened uh, in 2020 20 as i said Uh, uh but you know uh, i would say that uh, i mean uh, it got a very good uh, response and uh, uh, despite uh, the pandemic uh, pandemic you know in 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 uh, happening uh, around us uh, i found lot of these uh, you know uh, letters from from the readers and uh, there was very good appreciation of this book and uh, i would say that you know uh, to coming to your question of what inspired uh, writing this book uh, so uh, i would say that it is more about uh, you know uh the, i mean my my uh, uh, idea of translating these experiences is you mm-hmm. know into uh, a real time you know it's like it was like my baby you know which uh, i developed in 18 years not in the 9 months so for 18 years and uh, once the book was published and in my hands it was like you know um, it's like a, a mother holding a baby you know uh, i was i was uh, really excited uh, so so i would say it was a very good uh, as a first you know my first book uh, and uh, one away author i tried my best to put all my experiences uh, you know of course it was a semi fiction book uh, so some of my experiences were real and uh, uh, i would say 70% of it was fiction uh, but uh, i was really you know as an author it was a very good moment of pride for me that uh, my first book came out so so rahul what is this book about the story i mean you mentioned it took you 18 years you go back to your pune hostel when you started your first page Seventy percent is fiction and thirty percent are your experiences. So, what is the theme of this book about? Like, if our audience wants to know, uh, and uh, and and before you tell us that, I want our audience to know that this book is am available on Amazon India, uh, and we will actually put the link of the Amazon in the description of this video. So, if people want to purchase, they can just click on that link. uh so back to the question now tell us a little bit about you know what this book is about it took you 18 years you know so exactly you know uh, but i would say you know it took 18 years but uh, uh, it was because of professional duties and you know uh, because of my personal uh, uh, you know engagements i was not able to complete the book uh, so the book was not deeply researched in that sense uh, because mm-hmm. it was more of a uh, you know more of a story so mm-hmm. so uh you know coming to your question uh, the book is about a central character uh, which is named uh, rocky you know mm-hmm. and uh, rocky is sort of a tormented soul you know who is uh, a misfit in the society you know the person is like uh, stuck between the ironies of life and uh, its occasional uh, you know beauty and uh, i would say he uh, has seen it all you know he has these uh, double faced uh, friends and uh, uh, you know he his failure to even seek or give love 
and uh, you know uh, all these all these circumstantial things have made him a social outcast you know uh, and uh, he loves to uh, living on his own terms uh, he seldom bothered about norms of society or its gatekeepers uh, or his uh, you know pretentious relatives uh, uh, and only people uh, who mattered in his life uh, you know other characters uh, mark and radha who have mm-hmm. been snatched uh, away uh, from him you know and uh, so from worship to sin and to innocence to crime uh, rocky's uh, path is full of ro- you know ro- roller coaster rides and uh, not by his choice uh, but uh, by mostly due to circumstances you know mm-hmm. uh, where he go- gets thrown uh, unintentionally and uh, of course you know having sunk uh, himself into a deep dark pit uh, he somewhere in his tiny heart you know he has this uh, feeling that uh, he can make a comeback so it is all about you know whether this central character rocky can uh, really make a come back on or he will just you know get withered away uh, mm-hmm. so that is the question uh, you know which will be answered in the book and uh, for that readers will have to read it oh wow i would love to actually get a copy of a book and read and also give you my my feedback you know uh, you so, much. so so now you are actually working on your next book uh, that focuses on kashmir uh, before we go into this book you are still in the initial stages Uh, why did you choose kashmir as you know kind of the topic you know for this book uh, so you know kashmir is something uh, which is very close to my heart and uh, soul i would say you know and uh, uh, and a lot of people know kashmir as uh, uh, you know as heaven on earth uh, yeah. uh, you know i would say that it is compared to switzerland and so many other places in europe and elsewhere and uh, i find lot of people coming even from switzerland to kashmir you know they they love to come here and you know visit the valley you know uh, so that is one aspect of kashmir valley and uh, there's also uh, another aspect of kashmir valley which is uh, of course controversial you know lot of people uh, whenever you talk about kashmir uh, uh, there are two things which come into your mind you know if you're an outsider uh, you praise kashmir for its beauty you know that so oh, it's a, such a beautiful place you know it's a heaven on earth and uh, then there's another aspect uh, you know which is more about uh, controversial in nature you know it's more about uh, there's terrorism there is violence you know mm-hmm. and uh, and lot many other aspects you know uh, the being a disputed land uh, you know between uh, india and pakistan uh, of course we don't as indians we don't uh, you know believe that but of course there are lot many other people who who would like to believe that as well so uh, you know why i want to write on kashmir is uh, not just about the kashmir valley for mm-hmm. me uh, kashmir is not uh, merely a piece of land you know it is uh, something uh, my uh, you know it's a, uh, it's a it's a place where uh, uh, my ancestors uh, have lived for more than 10000 years you know they have a very very rich uh, cultural history there Uh, i would say we are the ab- ab- originals of that place um, mm-hmm. and we are called kashmiri uh, pandits you know and uh, uh, i would say uh, around 31 years back we mm-hmm. had to uh, uh, you know leave the valley uh, and uh, we had to migrate uh, to uh, jammu it's also again a place in uh, jammu kashmir state only which is a part of india mm-hmm. and uh, why and uh, i would not even term as a migration you know it was uh, a painful exodus where uh, it took around uh, uh, two or three months for an entire uh, community of kashmiri pandits to uh, get uprooted from uh, uh, kashmir valley and uh, mm-hmm. uh, 99% of this community minuscule community 
had to uh, you know uh, flee uh, from uh, Kashmir in the middle of the night all of a sudden. Uh, and it's a very painful uh, tale. And uh, because I was born in Kashmir, and mm-hmm. in my childhood, they witnessed that kind of pain which uh, we had to go through. Uh, and we had to suffer as refugees in our own land. Uh, and uh, in, in those days, 30 years back, uh, uh, there was not much awareness about this aspect of uh, uh, Kashmir. The community was thrown out of the valley. And nobody knew who these Kashmiri pundits uh, you know, are. And uh, it took 15 years for us as a community to convince uh, national and international media uh, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is an issue which needs to be talked about. Uh, you know, there was nobody uh, who used to talk about us, you know, United from United Nations to, uh, to uh, you know, big wigs in the media, in the political mm-hmm. circles uh, in India or abroad. Uh, you know, nobody paid a heed to our goals. Uh, and uh, it took almost uh, 30 years, you know, for us to even, uh, it took entire one generation completely first and uh, mm. uh, the new generation came up and they had to, uh, you know, I mean, be very vocal. They had to, uh, you know, plead uh, and they had to do whatever they could to highlight this Kashmir issue. So uh, so coming to, you know, why I am writing this book is, uh, uh, nowadays a lot of uh, things have been written about Kashmir and a lot of authors have uh, talked about different mm-hmm. aspects of Kashmiri pundits also, uh, but my book will be completely focused on uh, different aspects, uh, uh, you know, different angles uh, from where, uh, you know, I will analyze uh, uh, what happened to Kashmiri pundits, you know, and uh, why they had to flee, and uh, what were the socio-economic factors, what were the political factors, you know, uh, why would uh, the neighbors uh, who shared a common ancestry with us, and mm-hmm. uh, who used to live in harmony with us, you know, uh, all of a sudden get radicalized and, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, threaten us, I mean, uh, uh, without any emotions. So what happened in those years and uh, what happened afterwards and what may even happen to our community in future will we, uh, will we completely disappear, you know. So all of these different angles, but uh, uh, I will definitely try and bring a fresh perspective to this uh, and uh, compel uh, the people to think about our community, the, you know, what happened to us and, uh, and uh, do we, uh, will we really, you know, get this justice? So it's a very, I would say, you know, very emotional sort of a uh, thing for uh, me generally. as an author. And, yes, uh, particularly. So, so I hope that I will be able to justice, uh, do justice to this, uh, uh, you know, topic. Uh, yeah. so, so, so a couple of things. So when do you, so I know you're on the initial stages of this, when do you expect a timeline to finish this book? You know, yeah, yeah. Do you so, have a... you know, as I said, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, as I said, it's, it's, a, it's a sort of controversial uh, topic as well, uh, correct? And uh, certainly, you are talking, you're putting it on table a lot of facts, you know, so it will require uh, some, uh, some research, you know, a lot many aspects, uh, because being, uh, being a community member, I'm aware about a lot of facts. Uh, personally also and uh, but uh, I do not want to be you know uh, to appear as a biased person or uh, you know uh, to you know to, to prejudge uh, a lot of things so I want to do some fair research on certain aspects uh, and uh, then uh, come to a conclusion you know uh, of course so you I want have concluded to, certain things so, so you want to cite your research in the book so it, it's as you said so it does not appear biased and controversial I mean, whatever it is, you just want to display the right facts. 
what is wrong is wrong what is right is right correct absolutely absolutely you know it should be uh, it should be uh, uh, you know as an author uh, i will certainly uh, you know uh, i would not say that i will be sort of uh, be a neutral person right as a neutral person uh, because sometimes you have to take a position you know and as a journalist uh, uh, you know my personal philosophy has been to take a position mm-hmm. um, uh, you know wherever it is required and uh, not be a ne- showcase you know as if uh, i'm a neutral person and uh, despite the facts uh, being on the table so in this particular case there are facts on my table i know a lot of things uh, but there are certain aspects which are controversial in nature and we are also accused of india is accused of a lot of things as a community we are accused of a lot of things so uh, i w- i want to pick uh, you know up those statistics i want to pick up those facts based mm-hmm. on that research and uh, put forth in that book you know that uh, Uh, you know a lot of people say that okay kashmiri pandits used to uh, you know occupy very top positions in the valley you know mm-hmm. and uh, they used to they used to completely they hijacked the uh, entire government machinery you know and uh, uh, and they had done a lot of injustice so these accusations are like you know we uh, these are something which which really pinches us and you know despite suffering so much we have to uh, again suffer with uh, such kind of accusations so Uh, so uh, so i want to you know come very clear on all these facts in that book and uh, yes there are a lot many aspects which i cannot talk about uh, you know, at this uh, stage because it is in the initial stage mm-hmm. and uh, but i would certainly you know love to uh, speak to you again once uh, you know this uh, book matures and is about to get published it will be my pleasure to you know be here again on your show oh please i would love to have you here because you know my my family is also from jammu and kashmir so this is something you know wow. i would be also very uh, personally inclined to read you know and 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 most important foresee the future because you know as we know kashmir has been an issue in controversy for the last 40 50 years or more and till date that has not changed that land always has this aspect of controversy surrounding pakistan you know other neighboring countries once again i don't want to get into that till the research is out you know we want to make sure your your uh, citing is actually actually based on research you know uh, that's great so so we will definitely touch base on that once that book is out uh, now i want to go back to your uh, current profession right so you are a consulting editor at indian chemical news uh, which is a media company uh, with interest in online publishing and events related to the chemical and allied sectors so so what do you, what is your role you know what do you oversee in your role at this company being a consulting editor uh, sure sure uh, thanks to that uh, you know i uh, being a consulting editor you know on the daily basis i have to uh, uh, report i have to track uh, uh, chemical uh, sector in india and also in our, in our neighboring countries and uh, uh you know uh, and chemicals is a very vast sector uh, mm-hmm. it has allied industries such as petrochemicals uh, mm-hmm. you know there is uh, renewable energy uh, there are pharma uh, which has some uh, you know pharma is mostly chemical uh, you know the 70% of it so all these sectors i have been tracking at indian chemical news more than a, uh, i would say one and a half years now and mm-hmm. uh, you know on the everyday basis uh, i track these sectors in india and uh, Uh, you know i conceptualize uh, uh, new stories uh, and uh, uh, you know also write knowledge reports uh, uh, and also uh, it is it is it is uh, it gives me very you know uh, a sort of sort of uh, 
you know a vast uh, knowledge on daily basis also in terms of what is happening in india uh, mm-hmm. in these sectors you know especially chemical sectors if we see uh, there's a lot of happening uh, uh, happenings in this particular sector now with uh, with government uh, you know promoting new schemes especially the uh, you know production linked incentive scheme which is the latest one and uh, mm-hmm. wherein government is providing incentives to uh, uh, you know chemical companies to to uh, to set up their plants and uh, you know compete uh, with other countries uh, and there are a lot of investments which are happening in this sector uh, so so it is becoming more and more vibrant uh, and it has got very huge uh, potential india is uh, Uh, you know growing as a chemical hub now and mm-hmm. uh, apart from that uh, there's petrochemical sector where uh, india is known for uh, you know uh, its public sector unit uh, uh, you know companies uh, such as indian oil uh, you know which is a big uh, which has huge these uh, huge you know refineries uh, across mm-hmm. india in different uh, parts and then there is also uh, you know a lot of trust on uh, uh, electric vehicles in india these days and uh, in renewables there is also uh, hydrogen you know which mm-hmm. is hydrogen energy which is being pushed and uh, and there's a lot of work which is happening in these areas and it's very exciting to uh, be a part of uh, you know a watchdog as well as a track uh, you know a recorder of these uh, particular uh, uh, sectors uh, mm-hmm. you know as as a journalist i would say you know it gives me uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, you know pleasure to 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 be part of uh, these uh, you know growing sectors and finally uh, pharma is something uh, which i have been uh, you know tracking since last uh, uh, 13 years now uh, mm-hmm. uh, of course the bio pharma part of it and uh, and the chemical part of pharma i have been covering only since uh, you know last uh, 1.5 years uh, and apart from being a consulting editor at uh, indian chemical news uh, i'm also the chief editor at uh, uh, you know bio voice uh, which is my primary job uh, you know at biowise i have been tracking the life sciences sector uh, for mm-hmm. the last uh, 13 years now mm-hmm. and uh, prior to that as i said you know i was uh, as a research analyst and uh, as a uh, marketing uh, uh, you know uh, executive uh, positions i have held so um, i have been uh, i would say you know in this domain for last 16 years now and uh, as a journalist at biowise uh, you know every day basis i keep on attending conferences I mm-hmm. keep on meeting people, interviewing people. That is what you know the the journalist job is, every day's job. So that keeps keeps on happening. Um, but yes, uh, what is exciting again in this uh, life sciences domain in India is that uh, it's a very happening sector now, and uh, particularly because of COVID, uh, uh, you know, people uh, who did not know uh, earlier that what exactly the biotechnology or life sciences sector is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, now they have started. Uh, Uh, having this interest in this sector you know earlier nobody had that idea of what exactly the vaccines are and even if now nowadays you ask a kid what a vaccine is and he will start explaining you know and giving his own set of definitions that what exactly the vaccine is you know so uh, covid uh, you know sort of uh, brought forth this sector and uh, brought forth uh, the kind of work uh, uh, the scientists in this sector do and the kind of work uh, the Uh, the you know doctors do the kind of work uh, all the people who are associated with this uh, these sectors uh, be it chemical or be it life sciences you know they do and even journalists also i would say uh, earlier nobody used to know uh, who are uh, you know healthcare journalists who are mm-hmm. the technology journalists but with uh, with covid happening and lot of this uh, you know thrust on uh, chemicals and uh, life sciences you know with uh, 
the terminologies such as uh, you know PPE kits, you know ventilators, yeah. you know oxygen cylinders and uh, diagnostic kits, you know also all these uh, terminologies which came up, you know made this sector popular and also the people associated with uh, it, you know and uh, and I would say uh, uh, it is it is uh, you know it is really a, a great thing that uh, you know I have been. Uh, uh, covering this sector, that uh, you know, I realized uh, uh, the what kind of potential this sector has, you know, in terms of saving lives, and um, not only uh, the biotechnology. I have been also covering healthcare, uh, also you know, the medical technology, uh, the diagnostics, uh, you know, healthcare, especially the hospitals. Uh, and besides that, I have been also covering uh, agriculture, the agriculture technology part of it, and overall the policies also. Uh, uh, so I would say, you know, this uh, job profile gives me an opportunity to travel far and wide, meet uh, different kind of people, uh, you know, uh, different set of people uh, from policymakers, government officials to uh, mm -hmm. big uh, CEOs, you know. Uh, so you get, uh, as a journalist, you get, you know, multiple uh, uh, perspectives, uh, you get different insights and uh, uh, you are always updated with what's happening in the kind of sectors, you know, you, uh, you cover. Uh, so I would say, you know, as I said, I will repeat myself again. You know, it's like a dream for me. That is what I wanted to do. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, and I'm doing Great. So, so Rahul, let me ask you now, being in, the, in, this, in this industry for as long as you are, uh, what, do you, what is India's position as a country amongst the other global markets in the bioscience sector? And, and where do you see India in the next five to 10 years in this sector? Sure, sure. So, you know, India, I would say, is one of the top, uh, you know, 12 destinations in biotechnology uh, across the globe. And, uh, you know, the industry has uh, even more than 1,000 uh, uh, bio mature, you know, biotech uh, startups which are there. Mm -hmm. And there are, of course, a lot many which are coming up. Uh, and uh, uh, because of the kind of potential this sector has, uh, we will see a lot of companies. And, mm -hmm. uh, but there are, uh, there are certain names which you will be quite familiar with and even your audience will be the companies such as Biocon, you know, which is a global leader in biosimilars and, uh, or biologics, you know, um, which are the bio-based uh, drugs. As you know, there are chemical-based drugs and there are biological uh, you know, drugs which are based on mm -hmm. uh, living organisms. So Biocon uh, is a leading company. And then there is Serum Institute of India. Uh, it is the number two company in terms of revenue in India, and uh, it, uh, it is a vaccine uh, manufacturer. And mm -hmm. it came to, uh, although it, it has been contributing uh, the, to the vaccine manufacturing for a long time, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, the name became a public, uh, you know, name and household name in uh, COVID uh, when uh, Serum Institute tied up with, uh, uh, with, uh, with, with uh, you know, uh, Cambridge University. You know, and uh, and uh, it 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 uh, got the technology transferred to it, and you know, at, uh, and manufactured uh, uh, you know a COVID vaccine, uh, you know, and uh, which was then of course uh, you know at a massive scale it was manufactured, and then it got uh, uh, people got you know inoculated with this particular vaccine, and then there is Bharat Biotech, which is India's homegrown you know indigenous uh, uh, you know company, and mm -hmm. is based at Hyderabad. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it has uh, innovated India's only indigenous vaccine, uh, you know, uh, uh, which, uh, of course, everybody knows as uh, uh, Covaxin, you know. And Covaxin, uh, Covaxin, Covaxin has also uh, uh, been, uh, you know, uh, I mean, used, uh, although, uh, although I would say uh, uh, more than 80% uh, has been uh, the Serum Institute's vaccine, but uh, mm -hmm. the 
uh, Bharat Biotech's vaccine has been uh, given to the you know, rest of the people in India. And, um, uh, and uh, I would say, you know, the biotechnology sector coming to the biotech sector, uh, the vaccine has uh, uh, played a major uh, role in, you know, making the sector popular uh, in India. And nowadays, people, if you talk about biotechnology, uh, people will uh, say, okay, it is the are you talking about the vaccine industry? So although uh, biotechnology has different aspects to it, uh, uh, there is agriculture biotechnology, then there is, you know, enzyme-based uh, uh, biotechnology where you innovate new enzymes and use it for different processes. Uh, you know, from, from the detergents to uh, solving a lot of, uh, you know, issues. And uh, mm -hmm. then there is also the biopharma part of it. I talked about the biochemical, you know, sorry, the chemicals uh, uh, part of, uh, you know, the drugs. Now there is also the uh, bio part of drugs, you know, where you have uh, these uh, uh, drugs which are bio-based and uh, uh, biologicals or biosimilars, you know, mm -hmm. and... Uh, so where where also India has uh, done a you know huge uh, deal of work, and uh, so there are there are, as I said there are a lot many companies which are there in terms of startups. They might not be big in the in, in terms of revenue, but the kind of uh, innovative work uh, you know they do uh, is is uh, really phenomenal, and uh, there's a lot of huge uh, you know room for uh, for for India to grow there. I would say, and uh, and uh, if you talk about the revenue. Uh, part of it, uh, you know, India is uh, uh, supposed to, uh, you know, reach US dollar 150 billion uh, uh, by 2025, particularly the biotechnology sector, which is the forecast. And uh, uh, earlier, the target was to reach around 100 billion uh, US dollars, 100 billion by 2025. But now it had been recently revised to uh, 150 uh, billion US dollar by 2025 because of the kind of growth, you know, which uh, which the sector has registered uh, uh, of late and so, so uh, also uh, i just yeah, want to ask so so when when there is so much potential of a growth of a market sector in a country once again based on your personal experience what do you think about foreign countries coming into india in this sector have you seen that are you seeing that trend or is that something you foresee as well uh, you know, uh, in terms of uh, foreign companies coming to India in this sector, uh, it's not a new trend at all. Uh, there are a lot of uh, foreign companies which are already in this sector, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, which I would not say completely biotechnology. Uh, they mm -hmm. also have states in uh, uh, chemical uh, pharma also, and they also have states in different uh, processes also. Uh, they have mixed set of uh, uh, priorities. Uh, uh, some are, uh, I would say, some are uh, completely biotech based, and uh, but most of them are, uh, uh, you know, they have the mixed uh, sort of priorities, including biotechnology. Sure. So there are quite in the enzyme sector, there are companies like Novo Zymes, uh, which mm -hmm. are uh, which is a which is a really global, uh, you know, reputed company. Uh, and in uh, biotechnology, there are a lot of global names, you know, which come to our mind. Uh, you know, Novo Nordisk is there uh, in India, you know, and. Uh, uh, there is Pfizer, which already is a very global name uh, because of mm. the kind of vaccine they have recently developed. They are already in India for so long. And uh, of course, there are so many names. You know, they are all the uh, global major pharma companies and biotech companies. They have uh, an office in India. They, mm -hmm. uh, they might not have an R&D setup in India. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of them have. Uh, uh, but uh, given the kind of potential India has, uh, I'm very sure they are contemplating, uh, you know, uh, setting up their full-fledged R&D 
uh, you know centers in India. Uh, but now Indian companies uh, they are all set, and the kind of boost uh, you know they are receiving from the government, uh, they are ready to compete uh, with the multinationals. And it's always good to have this kind of healthy competition, you know, between the MNCs and uh, and uh, and the homegrown companies. And there should be always a fair play, you know. A competitive uh, landscape will always help uh, to produce innovative products, and uh, which will be better for the consumers and you know uh, for the for the for the general uh, good of the public. Great. So I just have a couple of more uh, questions before we wrap this up. So, so with this explosive growth in this sector within India, uh, do you think India faces a lot of internal or external challenges in the next coming years? I mean, of course, when there is so much growth, so much potential, there has to be some challenges. So, so once again, based on your uh, experience being in this industry for so long, do you think India might face an internal challenges, a mix of internal and external factors? What's your take on that? Particularly, uh, if, you, if we talk about biotechnology sector, or mm -hmm. even uh, you know, it, uh, this sector is also uh, you know uh, similar to what uh, uh, medical technology sector is. Not in terms of technologies, uh, uh, but yes, in terms of I would say the uh, you know regulatory policies and. Uh, uh, the startup kind of environment, which the both both of these sectors have. Uh, so uh, I would say that based uh, on my experience, there is a need of uh, you know enacting uh, regulatory changes, uh, streamlining uh, uh, these regulations, having a single uh, uh, you know sorry single uh, window operations mm -hmm. uh, for for uh, you know clearing uh, uh, you know files quickly, you know uh, and also boosting uh, startup environment, you know. Uh, of course, government uh, has been doing a lot, particularly for the biotechnology sector. There's uh, something ca called as Biotechnology Industry Research Assistance Council, which is known mm -hmm. as BIREC, uh, which was formed uh, a couple of years back, but has done a remarkable you know, job and uh, mm -hmm. has been uh, funding uh, entrepreneurs and startups in this sector. And uh, a lot of these companies have benefited and uh, uh, we, uh, the, the number of startups which I mentioned earlier, uh, I would say around 50% of uh, them have grown because of the buyback, you know, and uh, which is good. Uh, but now the issue is that uh, you know, uh, buyback does the handholding uh, and uh, they give the seed fund, uh, but mm -hmm. at a later stage, uh, these companies, you know, uh, they uh, need uh, you know venture capitalists and investors to pitch in and Correct. support them because biotech biotechnology is a sector, you know, which uh, it does not produce, uh, you know, it's not an IT sector which can produce, uh, you know, products uh, immediately. It's a sector which uh, leaves a lot of incubation time. You know, it takes, uh, I would say, you know, uh, five to seven years to come up uh, uh, with a good product or, uh, uh, you know, and that too also in a set, uh, you know, selected uh, categories. In a, mm -hmm. in a category like vaccines or, uh, you know, biologicals, it would even take even 15 more. years for a drug to happen, you know, yeah. and uh, so it's not that easy thing. Uh, so, uh, so I would say, you know, the challenges part, uh, of course, uh, there's a need to come up with a concrete, uh, you know, action plan, uh, uh, wherein all the stakeholders, uh, be it government, be uh, entrepreneurs, be investors, uh, you know, be, uh, I would say, uh, even the local authorities also in different states, there has to be a coordination between the uh, states and the central government also, uh, because there are a lot of issues which come up, you know, uh, okay. if a company has to set up a plant in or a R&D center in a particular state, uh, they have their own regulations. They have their own set of, you know, yep. complicated, um, you know, policies. So uh, for this kind of a sector to evolve and grow, 
there has to be coordination between different stakeholders, I would say, and uh, uh, and also in terms of infrastructure and uh, the sort of incentives, spatial incentives, which uh, the sector requires uh, uh, has to be huge. And, um, uh, and also the medical technology sector, which I talked about earlier, has similar sort of uh, issues uh, there, you know, regulatory issues uh, are at the uh, topmost position. So uh, these, these uh, particular issues need to be addressed by the government. And, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and of course, if, uh, if, uh, if these are taken care of, uh, I'm sure uh, these sectors uh, will do proud, uh, you know, for India as the vaccines have uh, globally. And there's a huge potential indeed. That's amazing. Uh, well, Rahul, this has been absolutely a blast, you know, um, um, having you on the podcast, you know, and your uh, vast uh, knowledge about this sector, you know, is very impressive. Uh, just a closing question, you know, if, if, if you were to give a message to our audience watching this podcast, what would that be? Uh, Sid, uh, is, so first of all, you know, it has been a very, very uh, uh, good to be here and, you know, a very interesting conversation we had and a pleasure to be here. And, uh, you know, no special message uh, as such, but yes, uh, I would like to, uh, you know, thank all your audience for uh, watching this show and, uh, you know, giving their precious time to, uh, to, to hear, hear us out. And, uh, uh, and uh, you know, I hope they have enjoyed this uh, uh, conversation. And, uh, uh, and uh, you know, I would... Um, uh, say that, you know, I would certainly encourage uh, them to, you know, follow their passion and uh, their dreams uh, and go about uh, what they really believe in. Uh, uh, does not matter, you know, it is, it is, a, it is a product, it's a, it's a personal goal, it's a hobby, it's a professional mm -hmm. goal, whatever it is, you know, if uh, there's something they believe, uh, uh, you know, uh, in and, they, and it is 100%, you know, the belief is something that which is 100% in that particular thing, they should really go for it and, uh, you know, and uh, let the let the time decide, you know, that uh, uh, what exactly uh, that path will take to them. But yes, of course, it has to be very realistic and it has to be, uh, you know, a very conscious decision. So I would say, uh, you know, that is my message. Uh, yeah. Well, Rahul, this has been, once again, it's, it's been a pleasure and honor for us to have you here. And we would love to have you back once your book on uh, Kashmir is published, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, once again, thank you so much for your time. Um, I want to wish you a good day. And, you know, once again, thanks for being with us. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so that's pleasure. Pleasure being here. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.